This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special episode of the Chromecast. This is, uh, this is something a little different, but it's, it's going to be good for two reasons. This this podcast is going to be good for two reasons. First reason is we've got some new coffee that is just oh, yeah. buckle your knees good. Yeah, so we're all juiced. <laughs> I mean, I've had feel way real good. <laughs> I'm just waiting because I have a third reason, but you go ahead. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, <laughs> you got to see a second. Well, I mean, you know, it's second reason. Yeah. yeah. My go, second go reason. Ahead. My second reason is because we have a guest. We have a guest on the Chromecast. This is the first Woo-hoo! time. Very so special us, what, surprise guest. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Already. That's, special that's soon. Special like surprise soon. guest, man. John Sowash. Yeah. Thanks for joining so us. So mine would be like two B because the the additional part of that is you get to listen to someone else speak, not us. So. That's very yeah. true. That yes. is actually that might. Be be number one that's probably the best part this episode all the listeners are like yes i don't finally robbie's not gonna talk for an hour and a half droning on and on about virtual desks yeah. and stadia you didn't introduce us by the way i i, I think everyone waiting. knows who you guys are <laughs> i was waiting for my initial introduction again all right well we have John, we have, have john so watch let's let's introduce him thank you guys for having me long time <laughs> listener enjoy uh, all the all the blog posts and uh, podcast episode appreciate robbie's detailed breakdown of the uh, pixelbook go listen to that actually my way uh, down here i'm from michigan so i was down for a conference in uh, louisville came down to uh, your area thanks for having me yeah man thanks yeah. for joining us yeah, this, excited is, you're here. this is gonna be fun yeah we've um We've uh, we've been you know colleagues like we've been following along with your work and and uh, kind of talked online. But man, it's it's always it's always nice to put a, a face with an with a with an online name. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, is it okay if I call you guys my chromey homies? Yeah, we'll I would it. love yeah, that. Absolutely. Does that work? Yeah. <laughs> All right, take it. I'm going to trademark that. I'll make right. some shirts. <laughs> um, it was uh, because you said it here in our office. Um, we're actually uh, we actually get <laughs> part of it. Right. Uh, yeah. We're going to we're going to yeah we're we're going to make some shirts before you do. So, um, but the other the other people I have with me here. Well, I'm Joe Humphrey, and I'm joined by Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up? Yeah, and I did you first, and Gabe. Hello. No, <laughs> just, you, you just introduced Gabe. John first. Uh, that's so. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. Gabriel Bringers. One, one he's week. over there. No, I have yeah. introduced first. One that's week. right, man. Yeah, it's a it's a whole new thing. Whole so. new my, my first podcast was actually as a guest on John's podcast, which was no true. way. Really yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. was it been like two years ago? <laughs> season season one. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So we're we're gonna dig in. We're gonna dig into some of the things that that you do. Um, but I mean, we were we were all sitting here chatting. You know, we we made some coffee and we were kind of talking about. You know, just catching up, um, and and I, I think uh, I think we would all uh, uh, admit that you work on things that that we don't we don't really dig into a whole lot. Um, so, for our listeners uh, that that maybe haven't uh, heard about your work, what, what is it that you specialize in? What's the work that you do? Um, what's your background? So my background is that of a teacher. So I taught high school science for five years, six years, um, outside of Detroit, Michigan, and uh, actually was primarily in the classroom before Chromebooks. Um, I was teaching during the big iPad era of Man, 2007. We're going we're to give every kid an iPad. That They're going to be able to do everything. You know, at the time, the iPad really was the only device suited for the classroom. It was the only device that would last a full day on a charge. 
Um, but I taught with iPads and I saw a lot of the problems and challenges that they presented. The tablet form factor is very different. Um, and then when the Chromebook came out, I was like, oh, wait, this is it. You know, instant on. So you get that same instant boot up. Like you only have a 50 minute class period. You don't want to wait. 25 minutes right. for your PC to <laughs> boot up. Um, instant on, all day battery life, instant updates. It's like this, this is it. I really like having the attached keyboard. Um, and that was it. So that was, you know, 2011. I am, and I still have in the basement, the original CR48. Nice. Me too. <laughs> I'm hoping someday it would on eBay. be just, worth a million dollars. Just to have it. I didn't have it. Did you have it like originally? I like had it originally, it yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't. I can't claim I that. Did. I I went on to eBay to find Bought one. It. Got it. It's it's new in the box. Not, oh, really? Not fully okay. new, like, but all the boxing is all there. And I just I opened it up and turned it on and turned it back off and put it so back like, in my garage. So, so like nerd status, does 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 John beat you in the, the Chrome Absolutely. Chrome nerd yeah. status yeah. now? He was Dang. he was there like Dang. actually using that device. Dude. I, I, I didn't even know about Chrome OS at that time. Like I remember putting like a beta version of it on a USB stick and putting it on a Windows device to run it. That's back before there was a UI. It didn't mm -hmm. have yep. a desktop. Right. It was literally was browser. It, it booted browser. up into the Chrome browser, and yep. that was it. Yep. You open tabs and no more. Yeah. And uh, and I, I was intrigued by it back then. Even the thought of like, cool, I don't have to have all the junk of Windows. I could just I can turn my computer on and just be in Chrome. Like I could see that being pretty useful, you know. Yeah. And then I didn't revisit it again till the uh, Samsung Series Three. So when yeah. that those commercials, right. the Chromebook for everyone thing came out, do you also uh, have, I wouldn't correct? bought. I wouldn't. Yes, I still yes. have my Series Three. I still have the original one I bought. Yeah. It's well, we, we've entertained bad. the thought of of building a a Hall of Fame. In you here. should. So we uh -huh. have the, should, the yeah. thirteen pixels yeah, over there yeah, on the yeah, desk. Oh yeah, that's there. a classic. Robbie had a fifteen, but it yeah I found one real cheap on. I had two of them uh, back in the day and both the fans went bad on both of them. That was a, a pretty normal problem with those. Uh, and I found another one on, on eBay. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to get this. And yep. the, the screen, half the screen kept going and it wasn't even black. It's like the backlighting just went out mm -hmm. on it and it would just do it randomly. And I was like, man, I can't keep this thing. I can't even do anything on it. So I sent it back to him. And so I'm still on the hunt. I'll find one eventually. So we'll add the 2015 in with that one. And, and uh, the pixel book I was working fame. from was from my old job. Yeah. So I don't have, I don't technically possess it anymore. So I'm gonna have to buy another Pixel book to, like, we gotta have all the Google Chromebooks. We gotta, we gotta like, have the whole family. Yeah, yeah we, we gotta have the whole family. That's gotta, for sure. They're, they're great but, for photos and videos. Absolutely. And so, so, but I mean, John, you're you're a, so you're an old you're an old school Chromebook guy. You've been you've been with, you've been with from Chromebooks the from the beginning, man. Yes, back before you know, I would go. So, so did, were, did you use Windows? Like personally, were you using Windows? School providers Windows Windows computers. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, you loved the Chrome browser, but mm -hmm. just the general annoyances of slow desktop computers, and I just loved um, Chrome. Now, the story, a little bit of uh, trivia history for you. So, Google, when they when they came up with the idea for Chrome OS, um, I it's, it's kind of interesting. The Google um, program manager for Chrome OS for education. Actually, his wife is from Michigan, so he actually lives not far from me, and I've oh, talked wow. to him a few times. So he's giving me some history, and when Google came up with Chrome OS, they made, I don't know the number, like 10,000 CR48s. And their idea was to give them to different companies and partners and just you know, help them figure out what this idea was. Nobody would take them. They couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> People were like, this is dumb. Why would that's, I do this? That's the most Google thing ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so this this Google manager got stuck with them, like 10,000 CR48s. And so he's like, well, let's give them to the teachers. And so they, they just opened up a form that said, tell us why you would like this, and we'll send you one. And huh. that's how they got rid of all of their Chromebooks. I don't know if it was a plan, but it was the most brilliant mistake they may have ever made because today more than sixty percent of all classroom devices are Chromebooks, right. and it kind I of. I wondered was an because that that preceded I/O, so I wondered, didn't it? I/O wasn't around when the CR forty eight. No. I, I wondered how they got those into the hands of the people that they did because some developers had them, but they just seemed to be kind of out there. Yeah, it was super. Yeah. You know? Well, at the time, you know, you couldn't do real work on them. They were so bare bones. But for a teacher who just wants to visit websites or, you know, do some basic stuff, it was okay. Um, so 
everybody listening, if you enjoy your Chromebook today, thank a teacher. Because <laughs> we're the ones who gave the feedback, who, who really helped build Chrome OS to what it is today as a full-blown operating system. So generally then, Google just kind of fell ass backwards into the education market. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, that is not I, That sounds more, more Google too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Like they're, they're like positioned like, hey, we're going to make sure we get this thing going and we're going to do this. We're going to market that. It never works out that well. But yeah, it, it, it seemed odd. It always seemed odd to me that like, wow, they, they must have really thought through this whole education thing Sorry. with Chromebooks. and not so much. Wow, how did, they, how did they pull that one off? That makes so much more sense. Basically, oops. <laughs> That, that's what are we going to do it. with all this hardware? Yeah. So, so my focus is is not so much on the hardware. Like, I love your guys' unboxing and teardowns and reviews. I, I share those all the time. My focus is really more on what do you do with a Chromebook? So 60% of schools have them. And teachers, you know, they know it's a browser. Um, and my, my goal, what I try to do is to explain to teachers that a Chromebook is for more than Google Docs and math games. You know, you can do more on a Chromebook than, you know, flashcards and, you know, presentations. You can podcast, you can do video, you can explore the world. And that's that's what I spend my time uh, doing. So that's what my podcast is, uh, Chromebook Classroom Podcast, um, which if you're a teacher, if you're in education, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I listen to this uh, Chromebox podcast all the time, kind of gives me an update on the hardware end of things. And I focus primarily on the end user you know, what do you do with Android apps? Right. How does a teacher use virtual desks um, in the classroom? Now, the concern for teachers of virtual desks is uh, kids will use them to hide uh, the tabs yeah. they don't want swipe. their no. teachers no. to know about. I do none. <laughs> <laughs> so we use, uh, I swipe, mean, swipe. you know, multiple windows is one thing, but Alt-Tab is pretty easy to fix that. Well, now in virtual desks, you know, you can slide that thing all over desk four, uh. bury it, and be playing uh, Minecraft online, not doing your uh, your essay or something like that. Yeah, thank I mean, goodness for policies, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm I, I'll always admit whenever I'm just like ignorant about something, I I really don't know that much about this stuff. But I have a friend um, who's a teacher, and she like she's getting all. She's a fairly new teacher, um, you know, but she's uh, never used a Chromebook before. And now she's teaching, uh, uh, she's an art teacher at a high school mm -hmm. and she's just like digging into it and she's going out and finding like these YouTube channels and these teachers that are doing stuff to help her. Like she was telling me like how they're leveraging slides, mm -hmm. for example, like, it's insane. Like yeah. they're basically using slides to like take notes and like yep. that's how they turn in their work and mm -hmm. stuff. So like our, our teachers, um, like does does Google put out things for for teachers to stay up to date with all this stuff? And then like I know you're out there like trying to help people and 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 tell people about this stuff. But like for the general teacher that's out there, like a brand new teacher, or, or maybe they're an old teacher and they're they're yeah. now they're getting Chromebooks in the classroom. They're like, wow, what do I do with all this? Like, are there trainings and stuff? And obviously, like you said, you just you're coming down from a conference. So like, yep. are there conferences that people can go to? And like, there's no end of opportunity. Now, the challenge with many things is you have to be willing to seize the opportunities. Like your friend, she sounds like someone who's a go-getter. She goes out. She learns. Like the internet, you can learn anything. I'm always amazed. People are like, John, how do you learn all this stuff? Say, like, oh, there's this great website. You need to know about this website. <laughs> Write it down. It's called YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like there's no end of opportunity. Now. The challenge tends to be a teacher shows up for the first day of school and the principal stands up and says, hey, everybody, guess what? We bought you Chromebooks. Here you go. Have fun with them this year. And the teacher's like, what, the Chrome, huh? I mean, it, unfortunately, a lot of times schools buy them because they're inexpensive, but they don't necessarily think through what do you do with them or provide teachers with the training. Those that want to have the time and interest can certainly find plenty of resources. Um, but that's what I do is go into schools, provide that professional development in a non-threatening, fun, you know, hold your hand, kind of walk you through um, way. I wrote a book on Chromebooks which is probably one of the dumbest things you could possibly do, given that they update every six weeks. Yep. Uh, so my book is The Chromebook Classroom. And if you're looking, if you know, I recognize that some people want to hold something in their hand and look through it. And if, if that's something that would be useful for you or your teachers, um, Chromebook Classroom is on Amazon. 
Uh, you can check it out. And yeah, I was sitting it's, here an, it's an introduction. I mean, if you're using Chromebooks, you're not going to be blown away. It's it's mostly for people who are like, well, I don't know what this is. I need to get started. Right. This thing is laid out like super oh, it's well. A brilliant, it's I'm like brilliant. sitting here looking through no, this. I'm like, like, wow. Chromebooks for dummies or something. Yep. Like, you know, it's just yeah, very so, well laid so out. So with well all the out. updates and changes that have... It, I've read it. Is that prior Android, pre-Android yes. apps? Or? So okay. Android is the one area that it doesn't really go into. I, I worked really hard trying to focus more on um, uh, practice and application rather than mentioning specific apps or right. features mm. as much as you can. Um, I, I am planning on doing a second edition, which will dive much deeper into the, the Android end of things. Um, it's only really been this year that I feel that Android apps on Chrome is to a point that I can even recommend it for a school. Yes. So, you know, it's been three years, four years since it was technically available, but mm-hmm. only now is it polished to a point where, you know, a school I think could realistically deploy it. And so it, it, looking at, you know, the, the, the school systems you go into, the teachers you deal with, like... What does that Android app adoption look like? And I, I know you probably don't have like a, here's the number, it's 62%. Like Right now, you, are you actually near seeing, zero. Okay, so near most zero. people aren't even bothering leveraging Android no. apps. So, um, you know, I do the teacher training and work directly with teachers. I mean, my website um, has a lot of teacher tips, but I also do a lot of um, administrative things as well, managing Chromebooks. And so for the last year, I've been working with IT directors, just educating them on, hey, Here's how to turn it on. Like this is how to enable Android. Right, and I think that's a I think that's a big deal. Where I think Google's missing the boat because we, I mean we we have a G Suite account and we've set up that we've done managed devices just to tinker with them yep. and try to figure them out. It's so convoluted. It's so difficult to even understand how do I deploy these things to these devices and how to. I don't, you don't even know where to look. Yep. The first time I tried to do it, I somehow accidentally enrolled our phones. <laughs> So we all get these notifications that are like, hey, your phone's now managed by Chrome Unbox. Oh, sorry. Was that was that whenever Clash of Clans got installed? Too? Yeah, it might have been. Yes. I don't know. Joe oh had Clash of Clans. We just got rid of that what, like uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah, on his like, device. We've got to figure this out. Why is so. Clash of Clans on everything every, we log into? Every time Chrome I logged in, I was like, why? This looks so stupid in photos that I'm taking. I, I, but I'm that's like, what's confounding to me is that as huge of an impact that Chromebooks have had in the classroom, there's so many aspects of it that are just. If someone came to me as an IT director and said, "Hey, where's a where's a go-to source outside of you, John?" I I wouldn't know where. I wouldn't point them to Google support page because I don't no. understand it. No. And then yeah, from a teacher's tough. aspect, I don't know where to tell them to go either. For what can I do with this in the classroom? Yep. You know? um, no. Yeah. Send them my way. Chrmbook.com. Um, I've got a lot of um, admin stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. related to the admin console. It is getting better. They did a major update to the admin console to hopefully streamline the Android deployment. You know, I was involved in Google Play for Education on actual Android tablets in, uh, it was like 2012, 13, something like that, Mm -hmm. which was kind of a disaster. So I think Google learned from that and they're taking it slow with the Android stuff. Um, Cause there's so many unique features to a, a school like, well, buying, buying Android apps for your Chrome. Like, okay, no big deal. Okay. Well, what if I need to buy a thousand licenses? Yes, exactly. And what happens when that student graduates? Is that license right. expired? Do I transfer right. it? Like there's so many unique things that mm-hmm. have yet to be um, resolved related to that. Yeah. Um, there was one question that, that Robbie and I were kind of talking about, um, like these, and, and Robbie, I'll let you kind of run with this uh, here, but to kind of pos- uh, pivot here a little bit to some of these devices, um, you know, we've got students that are um, now using Chromebooks every day, you know, and uh, and we, <laughs> uh, a little while ago, uh, uh, made a, a decision that, hey, look, like a lot of these kids that are using these Chromebooks are probably, when they go to college, they might go online and start searching best Chromebooks for college or they might say like you know what are the best Chromebooks out there and then like I think like your question was something along those lines was it not Robbie like kind of like what is that adoption of like yeah like and again I I don't know how much you deal with like college age students or anything like that but in general we have this assumption um, that we that we work under that I have no facts whatsoever to back up with (laughs) but 
I work under the assumption that seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that that Google in general, because they're winning the classroom with Chromebooks, that they're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. That the idea is, and again, I'm going back to my the way that I was brought up. You know, we tend to think that because we use a certain thing or we do a certain thing, like that's the end all be all. That's just the way it is and the way it works. Well, I grew up and I went to college and I needed a computer. So I bought a windows computer because that's what I always used in school. I mean that there was no thought at that time, like Macs were just kind of coming up, um, aging myself a little bit. Um, but when I graduated, just so old, I I just turned 40, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I I remember, you know, I didn't think about that back then and I didn't think about it for a long time. I just thought, you know, that's, you just did that because that's what everybody did. But the reason everybody did that and, and still does that to an extent is because that's what you grew up with and that's what you go by. And so does, are we starting to see, uh, the evolution of that and the move of that where Google's saying, Hey, we've been investing, investing, investing. And apparently, you know, Hey, we're, we're trying to invest into the mistake that the, the oops we made now, apparently that, that allowed tons and tons of students to use Chromebooks when they get out of school. Are we actually starting to see some of that? actual adoption by younger you know students kids going to college i know we're not to the point where those students are now like full-grown adults i think we're still a few years out but absolutely i agree with you in that general philosophy i mean this is exactly what microsoft did in the 80s you know they gave microsoft office away for free to every school right i mean i I, i'm sure all of you guys probably grew up in computer class if you had it it was microsoft office and that's what google's doing um i'm older than robbie it was like cobalt (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea what that is we had the the, the, i'll I'll have to drs 80s no the apple uh twos oh yeah with the green and black screens Mm -hmm. and big five and a half inch floppies we had those two What's a floppy? No, I'm just, I'm just it's like the I'm just save kidding. button on a on like a Word doc. You know, it's, it's, it's the save button. <laughs> so I, I totally agree. That's what's going to happen. I think we're still a few years out. Um, I actually think what you're going to see f- next, and it's already started to happen. I think you're going to start to see the service industry switch to Chrome because mm. you look at you know all the high school college students who are working at movie theaters, hotels, whatnot. I mean, that's an obvious application for low cost right. technology, and they're already familiar with Chrome. Um, and then we'll, we'll move it up, uh, from there. Um, in order for Mac is just dominant at the higher ed sector in order for Chrome to compete at that level, they have to polish the OS. It has to be more than just a browser with a keyboard. And that's what we're starting to see now with virtual desks and the connection, you know, your Mac and your iPhone just have that tight integration. Now the Android and Chrome, we still need to to develop more to really um, move it from a classroom to more of a professional um, device. Yeah, I, I wrote a piece actually, gosh, this was back in April. Um, we started doing some transitioning here with Chrome Unbox. Joe came on full-time, um, and I left my full-time job to go part-time around then. It's the only reason I remember the timing. But I wrote this for this local, um, I, what do you call it, career center. It's a, like an employment opportunity yeah, it's type. The unem- development. It's, yeah. no, it's the unemployment office. It okay. just has a fancy name. Okay. So it's, <laughs> the, yeah, they, they talk about getting <laughs> people into jobs that, yeah. and how to, you know, help people, um, yeah. you know, They're great. They find do. careers yeah. and, you know, like, so it's that kind of stuff. Anyway, I was approached and they asked if, uh, we would come up with a piece that they could actually put in print and stuff and get out about, uh, the younger generation coming up and how employers need to leverage Chrome OS and figure out how to integrate it because these kids are going to come out and these people are going to be like, here, use our Windows machine. And they're going to possibly look at it and go, I, what? And, and granted, you know, kids are going to be versed enough that they can open Chrome and do whatever they probably need to do on that Windows machine. But as that, as these kids start entering the workforce, like mm-hmm. it's not just a matter of, oh, the kids are going to be doing this and these younger people are going to be doing this. It's a matter of employers recognizing this as well and saying, like you said, in the service industry, going, we, we need to get ourselves in a position where we can leverage the skill set these kids have as they come into the workforce and part of that is going to be it's going to have to be figuring out how to leverage chrome os because they're just that's yeah. what they're going to know from a computing standpoint they're not going to understand you know the the long update cycles and all the barnacles that come along with you yeah. know windows you know deployment in general yeah yeah my, my little brother is um uh a senior in high school 
and uh, you know he he has a Windows PC because he's a gamer, right? Right. So I said we weren't. You weren't going to mention about Stadia. Boom, it's right no, there. It's no. too easy. Stadia. <laughs> if I, if I, Stadia fixes it. Am I, I fixed? Am I allowed to say the S word? I don't want to. <laughs> I can't say it on air. Can't say it on air. You're not allowed. Yeah, to but beep you it know, I, I mean, if he can play Apex Legends or some similar game on Stadia, like I, that's I, I don't know. I mean, he 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 he's kind of a techie nerd like me too. So I mean, he he likes having his Windows and he's built out a whole gaming rig and everything. Right. But like, I don't know. Just uh, I think he he would. Given his uh, familiarity with Chrome, like he might he might be convinced to just go all in on Chrome well, yeah. if he's got you know his and it's and he's 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 um uh, he's going to be going to I, I think he's going to go to engineering school so he might still like my brother's an engineer and it's all of these different pieces of software like what yeah. was the one that I was asking you guys about about I don't even know what they call, they call them like, hmm. I don't know I don't know there's like all there's like I'm these sure very there's specific pieces right, of software they that they have to run not going to be able to run on it's like how, how right long now. though until all that's going to run on the web that's so much I mean, that's like developer or or, or it's like, on or it's going to run on some sort of VMware type thing you know people yeah. people sometimes misunderstand my passion for Chrome is really not about Chromebooks it's about the web like yes. I believe that Agreed. the web is the most important technological invention possibly ever, and it's it's not a fad. It's going to be here to stay. And so I'm investing my time and energy on things that are powered by the internet. Like this whole legacy software, hardware, it's just, just a step. It's, it's, do, it's done. Right. And, and it's, it's over. A, and like people trying to fix it right now, it's just a step. It's just a step. Right. And yes. that's it's what we've, all, yeah, we've always tried to just express is that 99% of what most people do, 99% of what 99% of people do can be done via the web. So the hardware is really irrelevant. Stadia. There, I said it again. Uh, <laughs> And for the other 1%, now Chrome OS is evolving because, you know, Joe would love to run a great video editor on the Linux side of Chrome OS. Or <laughs> Adobe Premiere Rush. Where yeah, are you? come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Waiting. But for We're the waiting. developers, for the enterprise guys, for the guys that need to need to do bare bones Linux stuff, whatever, all that, they're getting that as well. So, as you said, it's not about the hardware. It's about everything's living in that portal that is the web. The web. And so. I don't actually think Google cares that much about Chromebook adoption because they want people on the web. And whether you're on a Chromebook, a Mac, a PC, whatever, you know, you're using your Google account. I mean, look, they, Google wants you on the web through their services. Mm -hmm. They don't really care what device you have, um, which is a brilliant <clears throat> business plan. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, I, Chrome has the advantage of not having all this legacy history to support. Like Windows cannot, like I don't care if Microsoft wants to do amazing things, they got to support 35 years worth of legacy software that drags them down. So Chrome can be so much more nimble because they were born on the web and they were designed for the web. They're not retrofitted to, to make it work. So Yeah, I think and that's what has always intrigued me most. Uh, and I've said it in, in different videos before, but like, like that ultimately is what drove me to enjoy Chromebook so much is that it was, these are the best machines if you want to leverage the best of the web. Um, and like Dieter Bone over at The Verge did uh, just this fantastic piece uh, about the open web. Did you happen to catch that? It was probably six months ago or longer, maybe yeah. even a year ago. And he, he did such a great job of explaining the difference between the internet and the web, you know, and, and the power of the open web and how it could and will probably eventually just change everything. So, so, um, so exp explain it so to folks it, that are listening. I'm going to distill it down. The internet is... Because this is fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. The internet's just a, a connection of wires that connect servers together. That's, that's the internet. But the open web is this, this uh, development platform, I guess, if you want to call it that, where apps and websites and information and streaming and all these things can happen uh, based on open sourced easy to leverage protocols i mean it it is this thing it the web is google docs the web is google search the web is facebook the web is twitter the minute and, and then like Gravit and Pixlr yeah, and, yeah, and like I'm just naming stuff and, off the yeah. top of my head that that's the web um I can jump on any web web 
based device. And so it could be a Windows mm-hmm. or Mac OS or, or an iPad. Well, not really an iPad, but um, and, and leverage a web browser and get to those tools, to get to those apps, get to those things. That's that's the open web at its core. The minute you start introducing app ecosystems and specific coding languages that only work on certain things, that that's not the open web anymore. So mm-hmm. the minute, for, for instance, say Google said, you know what? Screw it. We're, we're, we're done being a horizontally oriented company. We want to be vertically oriented. Um, Google Docs only works on Android with this app, and it only works on Chromebooks via this thing. Mm-hmm. That's not the open web anymore. It doesn't matter if they're using web language to, to program the thing. It, it, right. it's, it's just now, not it's now part. A, it's now closed. An OS ecosystem. Exactly. exactly. And so yeah. that's not the open web. And eventually, open source always wins. It just always wins. We've said that a million times. Open source will win in the end. It just takes time a lot of times. And the open web, the actual, like the web, is this open sourced thing that just gets better and better over time and you know people can dismiss progressive web apps if they want and WebAssembly and web workers and all those kind of things you can dismiss it all you want it's coming yeah like, I, it is I can't coming. tell you I, I know Robbie's done it I've done it there's been occasions where we were out somewhere didn't have a device on us and to my shame, I've gone into a Walmart and logged in on a Chromebook to do something. Oh, Lord, Seriously, I never went to a nice. Walmart. Well, I mean, I at least went to a Best Buy. Keep Target. it classy. Yeah, well, okay, whatever. Uh, How anyway. dare you? Yeah. Okay. I never went to a Walmart. The secret is out. Yeah, exactly. I don't care. <laughs> I hate, everyone knows I hate Walmart, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, I, but I have gone to a Walmart. I actually went to a Walmart and put a device in dev mode one time. But, <laughs> Hey, that was for an experiment. We needed to know. But something. it was for him. <laughs> but anyways, imagine a classroom, the classroom of the future or the classroom of now where students move seamlessly from wherever to wherever and everything just lives in that open web that Robbie just described. And it does not matter what Chromebook they're using. It does not matter what tablet they're using. It's well, that all is now. Right I mean, that is exactly what schools do. I mean, again, I taught in an iPad school where if you've ever shared an iPad cart, it's a disaster. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, like, yeah. if I start my video project on this iPad today, I got to make sure to get that same iPad and hope that some kid didn't delete my project, you know, oh. between, you know, second and fifth hour yesterday. And then, like, what about, like, logins? How, how, how You would, don't have them. Yeah. yeah like, you say, can't share oh, an oh. iPad. There's no multi-user support. So I dealt with that as a teacher. (laughs) And then the Chromebook was like, oh, you log into this device, and then you just walk across the hall, log in, and it just works. Like, it's just brilliant. It's... It saves so much time for a teacher um, not have to deal with logins and and all that just ridiculous time-wasting stuff. It's made teaching with technology possible. Yeah. It's... um, Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. I mean, are you... um, the specific devices that that you're seeing out and about right now, like we get some of these education devices in here. I'm, are, there's a couple over there. Is there one of them, or is there, are those the there no, are those the two Dells? No, there's some over there. Whatever. There's some over there. We've, we've got yeah. <laughs> we've got too many Chromebooks floating around in our office. We just sent we sent a I mean, bunch of like back. seven seven back the other we day. We sent a bunch of Chromebooks back. We still have uh, yeah, so many. We, we don't have too many. I don't know. If we have any technical. Like EDU, EDU. devices yeah. here. Right well, now, but but I, I guess like my my question is, and and I think you know, Gabe, you can kind of you can kind of run with this a little bit, but like we we're seeing these EDU devices that are pr- priced probably I would say above what we would think they're worth, maybe. Right. Um, and then we're seeing these consumer devices that the prices just keep dropping and the quality keeps getting better and better. Yeah, I mean, I know you deal more with the the application side of it and not the hardware side of it but if you had to look at where edu devices are right now what needs to change with them because i look at them and i think 450 dollars, no way mm-hmm. i understand they need the durability i get that yeah, i wouldn't I'll, hand I wanna, this yeah, i wouldn't I'll hand this to, to a seven-year-old but this was 350 dollars, and it's an amazing i'm messing with the one of the hp x360s but these edu devices I mean, my daughter's six. They work on the HP EDU Chromebooks. The screens are bad. They just, and I know they don't care, but it just seems like they could be doing a better job for our education system. Yeah, some of it's dollar driven. Now, I don't know what prices you're necessarily looking at. I can pretty much, there's a lot of funny business that goes on with the actual price. Like what people pay versus what you find on the website are not the same. Interesting. Um, 
you know, you're looking at state bids, um, you know, uh, where all the all the companies will bid against each other, lowest price. And I'm seeing you know, hundred to hundred fifty dollars less than um, MSRP on uh, those devices. I bought my kids the uh, HP X360 with the dual cameras, um, and it was yeah, I got it for hundred and twenty five dollars less than List. Okay. Um, so the, and you got bulk discount. I mean, there's a lot of funny mm-hmm. business that that goes in. Um, to the pricing um generally we're kind of at a a strange position right now in terms of devices in classrooms because you have a lot of chromebooks that have been in the classrooms for two three years so you're looking at those like last generation the two gig models Mm. which are garbage like and you know they they may have android support but please don't try you're gonna hate it they're not touchscreen it's just not good um so schools that are buying them now are getting much better Chromebooks, four gig minimum, touchscreen, convertible, dual camera, pen support, you know, all that stuff. They're paying a little bit more. Still, they're still thrilled. Still, you know, uh, two thirds the price of an iPad, you know, <laughs> eighth of a price of a MacBook or so on. So they're happy, but they're getting a much better device. Right now, the thing that people are really struggling with is, you know, if you're buying Chromebooks today, I'm really advocating touchscreen. I'm really trying to push schools by touchscreen. In the past, they have not. I did a detailed cost analysis on my website. Touch will cost you, on average, $30 more than the non-touch version of your device, somewhere between $30 and $50, depending on what you get. Right. Way more than $30 worth of value for a classroom teacher. Um, but the challenge is, like... So what, 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 what are those values? Well, for math, like you doing math with the keyboard, it's miserable. So being able to actually sketch out your math problem, mm. if you're a science teacher, to draw, to annotate on top of a, a, an image, um, you look at like Chrome Canvas, uh, PDF editing, um, even annotating in screencasts, uh, screen capture. Um, kids, uh, younger kids can't type, but they can manipulate via the touchscreen. Mm, right. um, like those are just wonderful abilities to do on a Chromebook. Unfortunately, we're still in this awkward place where not every web app supports touch. And so I can't tell a school director today that buying, like you're not going to get the full value out of that touch today. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a three to five year buying cycle, you're going to be really annoyed that you didn't get touchscreen in two years and you're not refreshing for another two years. So that's what schools are wrestling with. Like, do I short cycle this and just buy the cheapest Chromebook I can to get me through for two years and then buy a better touch? Because Android's still not 100% there. Mm. Like, it's going to be another year. So that's what schools are wrestling with, um, you know, to buy a really nice one versus stretch what they have a little bit longer um, and go for there. So I I understand that challenge. Hmm. So you're saying, yeah, so you're saying... um, the, the costs maybe that we see on these devices, just to kind of take it, take it back to these devices, like the cost that we're seeing on these devices maybe isn't what these these people are paying. No. Um, they're, they are getting better for sure. Um, but the touch thing is interesting. And like having the having the, the pen support, we were talking about this a little bit before. I think it was in Robbie's Pixelbook Go that, that he said something about a, a non-stylus. I, was, you, I listened. You, yeah, you John, John's first visit here and Robbie hurts his feelings as soon as he walks Robbie, in the door. Robbie said, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't need pen support here. It's so funny, though, because, I mean, you're sitting here talking about the value of that touchscreen. I'm like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Right. right. You know, I mean, like I see it with situation. my son. My son will be three this month, and he he loves getting on like ABC Mouse and the Lunchbox Monkey app, whatever. And you just said a bunch of words. Yeah, that but, make no sense. Joe doesn't have kids. Yeah. Anyway, I got he, you, man. What? Yeah, he knows what I'm talking about. And I, I've seen Robbie's son play some of these video games, and they've got better hand-eye coordination than either of us have ever had. And we're gamers to some degree, but my son. He he's incredible with some of these some of these games these educational games that he's played puzzle pieces and stuff that I'm just like man you're blowing me away and without that touch screen there that that wouldn't be possible for him he's three he can't use a a touch pad to drag things around the screen he doesn't understand how tap drag works and all that stuff so the touch screen because we have a 180 180 degree educational device yep. that he plays on uh, so it's not a full convertible but it has a touch screen so he can sit there all day playing on it and it's great for him. So I, I totally see what you're saying there. And knowing that the schools aren't paying these premium prices for devices, I guess that, that makes a lot more sense. 
Yeah, because you know? it, it felt a little odd, you know, when we look at these education-based devices, especially last year. Like, I, I have... The kinda, newer ones are better. Yeah, because I've kind of crapped on, like, the Apollo, like, processor in general. So those 3350, 3450 Celeron processors. I just have... There was never a device I picked up and thought, yeah, this is good enough. And, and I know, like, my daughter uses it in school all the time. Uh, but the Chromebook she uses at home is much better, and she's never once complained to me like, "Man, this Chromebook's fast, and the one I have at school is slow." Like, she didn't say anything about that. So, I, you know, there's part of it that makes me think eh, it's not it's not worth even getting uh, worked up about. Uh, but it was just odd seeing those devices, and yeah, they have a touch screen, but more, most of them the screen's pretty terrible, and yeah, they have a stylus pen, but it's EMR, so it's we're, we're not talking expensive stylus right. here. Uh, and so, you know, seeing those things and seeing you know, uh, competitively priced devices in the consumer market that look better, that function better, that are faster, that have better screens on it. Like it just never made sense. But if in buying, I kind of in the back of my mind, I always thought maybe if they're buying them in bulk, they're getting some kind they've surely they've got to be getting a discount on these. So to know that that is the case yeah. makes, it makes things make a little more sense to me. Um, it, it helps a bit. Yeah. I mean, and just, you know, to round it off, there's not, anything technically different about an edu device versus consumer device um i mean a lot of them just add ee to the serial number and that's it i mean put a bumper around it or something yeah and if you're if you're a tech director school principal and you're you know researching chromebooks like just look at everything like you don't need to limit yourself to what's lenovo or cdw is pushing like feel free to buy whatever you think the best deal is like you can manage anything now from a school perspective the bulk purchasing is a lot easier when you go through uh, an educational reseller Mm -hmm. because you know they can do white glove and enrollment and do all that stuff for you but you can go to best buy and say hey i want a (laughs) hundred of those and i mean sure you can do it uh it's a little more legwork for you but nothing wrong well, with that. I, t- I tell you, Google good. just did a lot of the OEMs a big favor. They, they've extended the uh, yeah. auto update policy by quite a bit on, what was it, over 100 devices. 100 devices so yeah. that that should, in the long run, I would hope and think, help the schools as well because they're going to get That gets more back life. to what we were just chatting about with the whole, you know, refreshing and buying touchscreen. So now you may have districts like, oh, cool. Well, I can squeeze another year, another 18 months out of this and wait for the next generation and then you know make my uh, my purchase then right yeah. the speaking speaking of generations like the the newest generation of affordable chromebooks so the, the celeron based chromebooks that are all in that gemini lake so we're talking n4000s n5000 stuff like that we've had a few of them through the office uh not necessarily edu based chromebooks but you know ones that have those processors in them and we saw our first ones back at ces last year asus had a couple uh, that we were able to mess with a little bit. And now that they're finally out and it's becoming a thing, even in consumer uh, Chromebooks, the uh, HP, yeah, HP's 15-inch Chromebook uh, with the number pad on it is using that Celeron uh, Arpenium. Uh, 14 over there yeah, as well. It's got yeah. the N4000 in it. Um, and these are the same chips that they're putting in these newer EDU devices. So, so much better. I mean, yeah. they, they yeah, finally I mean, made a leap that made a difference uh, from generation to generation. Yeah, because the performance is, is right there in the range of what we would have considered a good consumer model two, three years ago. I mean, it, they're, yeah. they're more than enough for most people. Yeah, average, so most it's average it's nice users. to see that, yeah. that. That makes me feel better about just... I don't know. And I, again, I know that kids don't necessarily look at these devices and think, man, that's slow or whatever. I wish I had more RAM. The They're viewing not angles. That, but, like we, we talk about that a lot. Like, but if it's, your, but your if it's enough it. to interfere with their work, though, then it's an issue. If yeah, the processor's yeah. struggling while they've got a couple tabs open, then it is a big deal. So It will become an increasingly more important topic. I mean, up to this point, honestly, I really don't pay too much attention other than RAM. Like, never buy anything with two gigs of ram like no, you'll hate yourself no um but the processor like kids don't care they don't really do enough to stretch it now that changes a little bit once you get into multimedia once you're talking about doing video projects in the classroom we video soundtrap if you're doing podcasting like any video audio related editing the processor and ram really makes a difference right. so again you need to think about what are we doing with these devices and then make sure you get a, a device that supports that. How often are these schools, are, are, are they trying to get the full kind of life cycle out of these devices or are they getting beat up and tossed around enough that they're like replacing them like 
sooner than that? Like how, how often are these schools like replacing devices? You know, it really depends. This is all about school culture. I, I spent a lot of time talking about um, tips for protecting, repairing your Chromebooks, and it's really all about school culture. If you instill a culture where the kids are um, excited to use the device, they view it as something they have ownership over, then, you know, I've seen five years. Um, if they don't, like I talked to a school, I will not name, they broke like 10 Chromebooks the first week they had them out. Like <laughs> wow. it was insane. They pulled them cause yeah. the kids didn't take care of them. Uh, you know, and it, it's teacher attitude. It's, it's what you tell the students about them. It's how you structure your program. You know, while it's true that any kid can grab a Chromebook and use it, I always recommend that teachers assign a Chromebook to a student mm. and have them use it every day. Look, if you're going to put your sticky, grimy hands all over that thing, then you're the one who's going to have to use it. Yeah, own it. If you're going to pry off the E-key, guess what? <laughs> you're the one who's going to have to deal with and, it. And that's good because that creates accountability across the board. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I was, I was literally getting ready in the back of my mind. I'm like, cool. My next question is going to be, you know, cart deployment versus one-to-one. So clearly you, you're a one-to-one I like, well, I like one-to-one in the sense that every kid has a device. Right. I'm not sold on one-to-one where a kid takes it home, carries it with them all day. Like, I don't really care. Honestly, most damage occurs not in the classroom. It's in the hallway. I've got pictures of, of Chromebooks getting run over by school buses, smashed between, you know, chemistry and physics textbooks. They always break outside the classroom. So... Every kid needs a device. I don't. It doesn't have to be carried with them all day. They should have bought them Pixel books, according to <laughs> Laptop Mag. Yeah. Laptop Mag's uh, drop test, and yeah. that, that's another interesting thing. Like their their drop test, we published this just yesterday. Um, you know, they tested eleven Chromebooks, and the the two that finished on top were the most expensive <laughs> device being tested, which was the Pixel Book, which shocked me honestly. I mean, it's, not that yeah, the Pixel Book feels be. flimsy in any way, shape, or form, but a lot of glass and you know i just kind of figured it would it would beat up pretty easily yeah. apparently they made it out of some really good stuff because it it got 10 out of 10 like they said they could have still sold it the afterwards Tesla uh, well, so they shoved the it off samsung a, pro and plus when they first yeah, came out on them, a jumped random on them. educator had done a drop test and jumped on one of them in the hallway yeah. and it held up yep. i have an edu device at home that fell once and the screen's now glitched out so. right and so <laughs> like the second one was the cheapest chromebook on the list and it got nine points the samsung chromebook 3 oh, wow. which in general is a turd of a device i mean let's be honest <laughs> but it's, it's built like a brick super so. cheap i mean <laughs> that's old silver one that i uh, know uh, it's the black one so okay. it's the one that it's came one they out. have it for like 99 dollars at best okay. buy yeah. every couple of weeks yeah. uh it, yeah the silver one you're thinking of the old series Three, that thing would like you could ring out, <laughs> ring the process, like spinning. Yeah, I've got one at home, yeah. um, but it uh, it it's super cheap and yet it held up almost as good as the Pixel Book. It's not considered ruggedized. It's not you know EDU. It's not any of those things, and yet it held up just as well. And so, like I think to your point earlier, like they're just slapping EE on the end of these things, and yeah, they'll, they'll put like a bumper on the outside or it's mil spec rated. And, I just wonder how much of that stuff isn't marketing speak for, hey, buy this one instead so we can recycle some old parts versus, yeah. you know, we don't, we can't put out the same consumer model to the education mm -hmm. person because we don't want to mark down the consumer. I don't know what all, what all gets, you know, built into all that stuff, they but it seems like it's stuff, marketing. You know, uh, tamper-proof keys, supposed to be yeah. pry-resistant. Let me tell you, you give any kid enough time and nothing to do, they will get that key yep. off. <laughs> no way you so keep it just on. resistant, not proof, <laughs> There's right? nothing that's no, child-resistant. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, ruggedized is fine, but you got to teach your kids how to handle them appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing is uh, invincible. Yeah. But I imagine, like, if, if you're trying to position a device to a school that's going to buy a 1,000 of anything... If you can put the word ruggedized, if you can show a couple mil spec ratings, if it looks like it's going to take a beat, I'm sure that plays into the psychosis and psychology of people that are going to buy something and spend that much money. It's like, sure. oh, I feel like now that I've yeah, spent absolutely. my money wisely, even if it's all smoke and mirrors, technically. Well, it's kind of crazy. A couple of people have told me that um, industry standard acceptable breakage rate, whether it's your manufacturer or just damage, is 10 to 12%. Seems high. Seems really yeah, high. It's a lot of devices. I'd, I'd be like three would be good. No, it's like like that's acceptable. Wow. Um, which is crazy to me. Um, you know, I've heard schools that do a good job. 
are down in the two to three percent range, and right. then schools are up to ten, you know, ten to fifteen percent if mm. they don't. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about like the point you made about culture, and you know, just you know, teaching the kids like, hey, this is a privilege that you get this, and you know, it's something it's something to take care of, and and even even if one to one means taking it home, and taking it home isn't the best thing. You know, just the idea that they have ownership over a Chromebook, you know, and and I get that almost undoes a little bit of the benefit of Chrome OS because it's like, well, yeah, now it's all the things we talked about earlier of it just jumping on a device and signing in. It's kind of like we're undoing that a little bit, but the accountability factor can't be overstated. It's not hard. It's not hard. And that's why I love, you know, when schools allow students to install apps, like to go to the web store and pick their apps and extensions to select their wallpaper and their theme, because that again, gives ownership. Right. Oh, this is my device. I get to do this thing. Even, you know, most schools will whitelist. So you can only pick from the approved list. Sure. Um, But you know, it's, it's nice to be able to customize it. They enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna cross over into our lane for just a second, uh, and then then we're, we're gonna wrap up here. So um, I see that you've got the Pixel Book here. You you whipped it you whipped it out of your bag whenever we were gonna get talking here because you wanted to have all something. of our Chromebooks I felt whipped like I should, a little you, bit. You wanted, member of the club. That's right. That's right. You wanted to fact check us on things. You whipped out the Chromebook, um, and, and you have your pen there with it. So are you um, Some nice are, pen? Yeah, that pen that works so well. Yeah. Yeah, are are you gonna are you considering an upgrade to the Pixelbook Go? Um, probably not. I, I mean, I like it. I'm cheap, which is one of my you know <laughs> main issues. I mean, the um, I did upgrade from the OG Pixel uh, Pixelbook or p- the Pixel uh, to the this one. Thirteen or fifteen? Fifteen. So I guess not technically the OG, yeah. um, but that was great. Uh, I I wanted the pen much thinner i see it sitting over here and i'm looking at it now it's like crazy, man right? that thing is huge <laughs> i did like the light bar the light bar was cool oh, yeah, the light too. bar is yeah. awesome. did you ever do the konami code on it no no uh, there's an edu version the dell has a little uh yeah. light and uh, i just learned that kids have hacked it and like make it like a strobe light oh and it drives God, teachers crazy anyways because of course <laughs> <laughs> why not why not um i like the pixel book uh you know does what i need um i like the pen support um does is the Pixelbook? Does it have? It, d- it doesn't support the USI. Does it have no, that go. on there? No, there's no, no pen support whatsoever. No, right. HP's and new uh, 14Bs are the only ones on the market that support it. But you can't find a USI stylus right now. Right. It's the problem. So I use the pen a lot, a ton. Now the Pixelbook pen is kind of a joke. Like I don't think I've ever used the assistant button on it. I oh, just yeah. draw. Yeah. So I don't need that, but I want, and I think the USI is the way to go. Like, put it in there. If people want it, they can buy it. Get your own stylus. You know, not a specific mm-hmm. one. I think that's the right direction. Um, but I would miss it, and I won't switch so, to the go. So, in in the 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 value of the pen for you is that because of some of those reasons that you said earlier, kind of similar to the classroom stuff, is it the note taking ability is it the marking up pdfs is it is it those things because because it's oriented to the classroom stuff that you do or is it just like totally separately you just like it for general things i would say separate um i agree with robbie you said in the last uh, podcast about taking notes like that's dumb like handwriting yeah, notes mine, on mine your chromebook is it's so bad and it feels and it feels weird <laughs> yeah. yeah um but i do a ton of screenshots like my entire book is filled with screenshots and i annotate them constantly you know circle highlight draw i use chrome canvas for that usually um markup pdfs you know when my web designer i want to change something i'll take a screenshot of the page and circle highlight like it's just so much faster um so i use it for that you know filling out occasional pdfs purchase orders signing them things like that so i use it more from just business perspective um have you used do you use jamboard on your chromebook I have a little bit, um, you know, I don't, I'm a one man show, right. so I don't have a ton of people to collaborate with. Um, I'll use Google keep and, um, Chrome canvas primarily yeah. and then cami for PDFs and yeah. things like that. Are you, um, so, so Robbie talked about this in the go review. How often are you flipping your, your Pixelbook go Never. over? Never. Yeah. Like I don't need convertible. So that's interesting. Like no. what, if, if, if the go had 
it's touchscreen, but it doesn't have the the pen support. Like if the Go had it, so like whenever you're using your pen or you using it just clamshell mode, and you're just yep. reaching up, it's like that's interesting, you know. Yeah. So if the Go had that, would would because that goes against like a lot of um, like what reviewers said, and that's kind of the point that I'd made in, in an article or something. I think that that you were kind of disagreeing with that. You know, uh, the the main device that has pen support that is only a clamshell that most people would be familiar with is the Surface laptop. So it has, mm-hmm. you can use a Surface pen on it. Every review, I went and read a lot of Surface laptop reviews for this reason to go find what they said about the pen. All of them universally said, tried using the pen with it in clamshell mode and it just feels awkward to try to write on a vertical surface. Mm-hmm. Maybe like your experience as a teacher, like writing on boards, writing in that way, maybe that. I don't know, but a lot of people do are just like, any, don't like this. like, long-form detailed writing. I'm yeah, just quick. circling, it's highlighting, like markup signing. And stuff like that, but I, I think, still can't yeah. do it with my finger. Like, yeah. it, I, it has to be finer than a, a finger right, right. Uh, stroke. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's so, interesting. Personally, I don't know what's involved in the USI thing, like what, what Google would have to do to make it happen. But like, why wouldn't you just put that in all devices and let people decide for themselves? Uh, I don't know. Money. I, yeah. I don't know how that works yeah, from touch a tech screen, end. Touchscreen digitizers in general um, are just, they're not expensive per se, but it's a, it is definitely an additional cost yeah. for anyone to put that in. So just having like this screen, for instance, you know, I hit on it real quick in the review, but you know, we even spoke with, I was talking with Matt Vokun at uh, the, at Google's event. And, you know, he was very clear that they went with a 13.3 inch, 16 by nine, 1080p panel, because there's a bunch to choose from. There are mm-hmm. just tons of them out there. So that means they're cheap. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guarantee you the reason they chose not to put the pen overlay, the same digitizer they have in the, mm-hmm. the go and the, and be a hundred dollars more. Yeah. And they yeah. just were trying to do everything they could to sure. keep that. Cause this thing has this crazy build quality. It just lacks a handful of features. And right. I think that's the reason they went away from it generally. But like my take with stylus, I, what I would love to see happen on a more general basis is that most Chromebooks would have stylus support that most Chromebooks that have stylus support would have a stowed small little Agreed. stick stylus, yep. just something that's always there when I need it. But if it's USI or if it's just EMR that works with other stylus, give me that option. It's very simple that if, if I have the option to, to pull the stylus out of the device and it's there, great. I can, I can write up, but if I want a larger stylus, like the pixel book pen, something that's, Correct. you know, Hey, this feels like a regular pen. Cool. I will go buy one, go right. buy one of the mm-hmm. ones that bamboo makes or something. Versus this, it drives me insane that, that Google's only made stylus devices that have to use a stylus this big that right. uh, afterwards they think, Oh, let's put a stick on pen loop here for this thing <laughs> or for the slate. There's literally nowhere to yep. put it. Like let's just lose this thing right off the bat. Like they got owned so hard by Apple with the way Apple introduced that second, the second pen that goes with the iPad pro. I mean, they just got owned with it. And because they did that, you've got companies like Samsung now with their latest tablet. The case has that little flip thing and the pen stows mm-hmm. in there. You've got the surface, uh, Pro X, what are the cool new arm surface yeah. that apparently runs like crap but looks really nice? Uh, you know, the the keyboard pops down and has the pin stowed. Like people are getting creative with finding a place to store the pin. Yeah. And right now, Chromebooks are either a little bitty toothpick stylus that stows yeah. in, or the stylus that I just got, gonna have to hold. Like it, <laughs> yes, exactly. it's just kind of goofy. And and I think if they just put a universal stylus in there or EMR, one of the two, mm-hmm. you know, that in general has a stowable stylus out of the box. If you would like to upgrade it, hey, we'll sell you one. Right. Like we even have one to sell you or go buy one from Bamboo or whatever. Like that would be the best of both worlds. And that Great. seems like such a simple solution that I just don't, Yeah, I yeah. do not understand. And yeah. I would be so much more pro stylus if that was kind of the bent of the industry. And just yeah. From a classroom perspective, there's not a teacher in the universe that wants to have to deal with, oh, you lost your stylus. Oh, yeah. uh, like, it has to yeah. be universal. Like you have to be able to get like a 50 cent version and oh, yeah. you buy a better oh, version. When the, like, what's the, the Stadler, well, how do you say Stadler it? pencil. Stadler. Yeah. When that came out, I thought if they, if they <laughs> yeah. sell these cheap and right. if Chromebook makers will get on board with making a digitizer that will work with these types of EMR. stuff. like EMR has been around for a right. century. Not really, but it's, <laughs> 
it's so wow. old as a technology, <laughs> and still, like mm-hmm. artists would prefer EMR stylus right. over AES stylus. You know, mm-hmm. they, like they're more accurate. They don't require a battery. You can make a stove. Like it, yeah. it, they are the right choice yeah. to make. I just don't I, the whole I'm, AES thing. I don't. So you can have a button on there to circle yep. stuff and search it. Come yeah. on. I'm oh, big it, in touchscreen. I would love to see stylus as standard, but it, just the logistics of stylus in the classroom is oh, a nightmare. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I I'm not sure. We gotta mm. wait and see what happens there. Yeah. So is the is the Pixelbook Go your just daily Chromebook? Is that, is nope. that your Pixel daily? Book. I'm Pixelbook. Jeez. Yeah, I use the Pixelbook. <laughs> many, I carry many, it with too me. Too many different names. I'm sorry. Yeah, because it's it's light and easy. And then I use the HPX 360. Um, you know, I just tried to find the most powerful Chromebook I could. It's in my office, uh, like podcasting and yeah. video editing on that one. Yeah, that's awesome. cool. That's cool. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us, man. This has been, been really fun. This has been really fun. Um, for for those that are listening, I know you've kind of dropped a couple of the things that you're working on throughout. Um, but just to kind of wrap up here, you know, website, uh, where can people find you online? Where can they find your book? That sort of thing. Yeah, so my blog website is uh, Chromebook.com, C-H-R-M-Book.com. Uh, you can find the podcast there, Chromebook Classroom Podcast, um, blogs, you know, anything tech-related for the classroom um, is up there. If you want to check me out on social, I am at J-R- S-O-W-A-S-H on uh, all the socials, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, You can find me there. Love to uh, connect with uh, listeners. Thank you guys for having me on and uh, appreciate all the great work you do with the device teardowns and um, recommendations. I love sharing that on, uh, on my page. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for joining us. This is uh, this has been really fun. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, you can find show notes uh, down in the description or on our website, chromeunbox.com. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll try to do some more of these kind of interview style. Uh, this I know this wasn't really an interview, but maybe we'll do some more stuff like this. Um, so uh, folks, until next time, we'll see you. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.